Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. So even as we welcome all of us here again, and we thank God for all the leaders, the presbyters that are beautifully represented and uh, beaming with great anointing and uh, beauty. We want to take this opportunity to introduce uh, people we will say are visitors but are not visitors amongst us. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, uh, the last time when our secretary was doing the announcement, she made us know that today we will have the opportunity to sit under the ministration of the International Youth Director of the Church of Pentecost. Oh, hallelujah! Aha! Uh-huh. This morning, I thank God for uh, their presence, and I have a singular honor to introduce them to the house. Uh, oh, hallelujah! This is a great task, and I thank God that they are here amongst us. So of the Lord, we want to acknowledge and also present to us uh, the wife of the youth director. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe you didn't hear it. The wife of the youth director. No other person than our own mother, Priscilla Higgin. Oh, let us give it up unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Wonderful, mama. You're welcome. God bless you so much. Uh, people of the Lord, it has pleased the Lord Almighty that we hear the word of the Lord as he has sent to us this morning from no other person than our own youth director, my own brother. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Ebenezer Hagen. Oh, please let us welcome him with a clap. Let us celebrate the faithfulness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If this is for me, why don't you give a better clap offering to Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus some a wave of friends. Give Jesus a shout. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so grateful to God for the opportunity to be here and to share his word with you. Hallelujah. And my wife and I have been following you and we've been reading about you and we have heard a lot about PIWC Worcester and we want to thank God for your life. Hallelujah. And you guys are amazing. You are just amazing. Hallelujah. I met uh, Dr. Kabedu and, and the wife yesterday and, and when we were talking about Worcester Piado, I said, that's the place, that's the place. And then we have met Adria Head. We met, everybody's talking about Worcester Piado, please Come on, come on, come on. You're amazing. And we want to thank God for the life of our resident minister, uh, Pastor Gerard and Dr. Jemima. And I mean, the entire team, powerful elders, mighty men, intergenerational. And our mommies and all of you, praise the Lord. And I also want to bring you greetings from young people all around the world. And then also our chairman, Apostle Nyameche, and all the fathers and mothers 
uh, that we have. Hallelujah. I'll be sharing with you briefly on a title that I prefer to delay until I've read to you a passage that the Lord has laid on my heart. The approach I'm using is to expose you. I want to read quite copiously. Don't worry. I want to read it out. And then I'll come back and give you my topic. And then I will just engage just a couple of portions in that chapter. And then we move from there. And so let's go to the book of Mark. Mark, the gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 5. Chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. We have some slides. You may get them ready, but you may shoot. For some reason... So, I mean, you, we normally would want to read NLT and NIV, but for some reason, I want to do this in the King James. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over onto the other side of the sea, into the country of the gatherings. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plugged asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains, alone in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God, that thou tormented me not, or that torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they had fed the swine, sorry, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and he that had a legion sitting and closed in his right mind and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray to him to depart out of the place or out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him or he might follow him. Albeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and had had compassion on thee and has had compassion on thee. Hallelujah. And he departed and began to publish in the Capolis how great things 
Jesus had done on him. And all of them did marvel. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lied at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and shall live. And Jesus and Jesus went with him, and mad people followed, and drunked him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away the, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she fell in her body that she was healed of the plague. Hallelujah. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned around in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Hallelujah. Go in peace and behold all thy plague. While he yet speak, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, uh, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeing the tumult, and, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is, is not dead, but, but sleepeth. And they loved him to the scorn, or to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talita, come in! Which being interpreted means damsel, I say to you, arise. And straight away the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straight that no one should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we stand before you. I pray that you take over at this point. Let your word come with power. Let it be life to your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love the word of God so much. More so. When I read from books like this, Mark, today I'm preaching to you on the topic, the Jesus of Mark chapter 5. 
the Jesus of Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5, I love it. The book of Mark is such a wonderful book. Mark himself had the privilege of being a young guy, a child among the disciples of Jesus. We read of him that he, I mean, we read, for instance, about the mother of John Mark in Mark chapter 5. And I think that Mark chapter 14, verse 41, I think so, describes a scene when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible said that a young guy, a little child, who had his clothes wrapped around him, was also there in the garden. And when the, I mean, the, the, the throng came, he ran away, leaving his cloak behind. Bible, some of the Bible scholars have said, this young guy we read about, walking in between the feet of the apostles, is this guy called John Mark. God gave him an opportunity to be a young guy, to be a child around the apostles. Whenever they came around to Jerusalem, and probably they got into the, I mean, the house of Mark's mother, the Lord was providing him an opportunity to know into it. In the mind of God, he was making an intergenerational link between the older apostles and what was to happen. And so we read about him, I mean, along the line, we get to know that Paul and Barnabas pick him along in ministry, and we get to know later that he was with Barnabas, we get to know later that he, he was with Apostle Peter, and then he wrote the first of the Gospels, called the Gospel according to St. Mark. Mark himself wasn't an apostle, and in those days, I mean the New Testament era, you should be an apostle, no less an apostle, a mighty apostle, you should have been known, and you should have clearly received a revelation from God, your revelation should have tied in with whatever God is doing in the Old Testament, all the way, what we call the, uh, I mean, the meta-narrative of what God is doing among His people. There are no more parameters that established or that confirmed that a book was to be accepted. My point here is that Mark wasn't an apostle, but the book that the Lord gave us through him was accepted. We read that Apostle Peter uh, brought his apostolicity to confirm the book. He said, this guy is with me. He has been with us. This revelation is of God. I know. He's a youth. He's a young guy. But the Lord doesn't take off young people. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, and so Mark's book is actually an eyewitness account. It is, I saw and I wrote. You see, you will not see like Dr. Luke's, uh, I mean, gospel. You see a doctor writing. You see much of research. You see much of in-depth knowledge. You see a doctor's description. The Bible said, for instance, Luke said, and his uncles became strong. And his, Luke is talking about parts of the body and how some of the things went on. Not Mark. Mark is, I saw this, and it's like this. In brief words, and it jumps to another something that happened, and it jumps to another one. Feely, feely, as we say in Ghana. As I saw it happen. Hallelujah. In chapter 5 of Mark, there are some very beautiful things happening. Three stories put together. First one is about the deliverance of a man. The Bible calls him the demoniac of the garrison. A man possessed by demons. I don't know if here in America you 
You still believe that demons exist? And in Africa they do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's the first story we meet. The second one is about the healing of a man. Oh, sorry, of a woman. The Bible said with an issue of blood. And then the Bible goes on to talk about the second story. And it's about the raising of a dead girl back to life. These are the three stories that I took time to read through very quickly. And the Spirit of God took me through this and, 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 and I said, wow, the Lord has a lot for us. I want to go into these stories briefly and then we'll see what follows as we bring the message to an end. Each of these developments represents something that goes on in the lives of believers. And that's what I'm aiming at as I push the word of God that I have received. First of all, about the man. I mean, the Bible describes him as the demoniac of the garrisons. The garrisons were a group of people, descendants of God. And in Jesus' ministry, we read about him feeding 5,000, doing amazing things. And then suddenly, the Bible said that he gets into the boat to cross the other side of uh, the lake or the river. The description is that he gets to this other side and immediately a man possessed by demons, wicked demons in their thousands. Bible describes this man to, 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 to have an extreme case. The demons were so wicked that torn him apart. He had lost control of his life. He was mad. In fact, in some of the versions, you would rather see the madman of the Gadarenes. The guy had gone bunkers. And the Bible said that he had become so wild. And we, of his kind, I've not seen a new, in the New Testament any other story that comes close. Bible said that whenever, I mean, anytime he had been chained, he tore it apart. And of fetters, he broke it apart. And he was now out of everybody's control. And he was also out of his own control. The demons had, I mean, driven him all the way into this other side of the lake, into this other side of the river. And he lived securely among the tombs with the dead people. And then also on the mountains, the Bible said that every night and day he was wild. And he would cry aloud and then get pieces of, me, of, of rocks and cut himself. You are likely not to see such self-destructive mad people. In fact, people get mad, but I believe that they still have a lot of sanity up there. The instinct to go and find something to eat Dancing to wear something in many cases and all that, in many cases are intact. This man had gone beyond all that and he was self-destructive. In counseling, you know, we have confidential issues, but the rules in counseling is that whenever anybody is entering the self-destructive uh, zone, then you, the counselor, may have the legal uh, uh, grounds to disclose I mean, whatever you are counseling the person about and to, and to call the, uh, the police, because at that point, 
it is getting out of hand. The Bible said he had gone beyond this line, self-destructive. He will cut himself, and now the blood is oozing out. And this was a daily part of his story. And the Bible said, and I've made it clear, that he was out of control, of people's control, and then his own control. He was out of it. But you know what? This madman reminds me or teaches me about some kinds of what I call some kinds of problems. Human beings go through many problems. And some of the problems we go through are just like this man. Problems that embarrass us. They go out of our confidential zones to become public issues that people know. Everybody knows that this is what is going on in your life, in your child's life. And it becomes a source of shame and a source of ridicule and disgrace. There are some problems in life that go out of your control. You are just not in charge. Such problems shake you to the core. They make you fear. They make you, what do we call it, trepidate. Friends, there are some problems in this life that are life-threatening. They seek to take your life. And they would do. When you read carefully about this man, he had been driven all the way to the tomb. The devil was just waiting to push him in one of them. Yeah. And when Jesus got to the place, the Bible said, this demon-possessed man came, of course, driven by the demons. And they came and knelt before Jesus. And the Bible said they worshipped him. What kind of man is this? Demons even worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, this man, the Holy Ghost told me that I am the Jesus that problems worship. And I pray today that whatever kind of situation in your life, may it worship the Lord Jesus. May it come by itself. May it bow before our master. May it offer worship and praise. Oh, hallelujah. The man that problems and demons worship. Is the Jesus of Mark chapter 5. Is the one that I talk about today. Hallelujah. So some problems may be life-threatening. And, and fathers, mothers, friends, if you joke with them, they will kill you indeed. You know what? Immediately Jesus arrived and the demons started getting in alignment. And they said, Master, please. After worshiping, they put a request. Intending to beat the intelligence of God. They said, would you allow us, please? Please, we have been here in oppression for a long time. Don't kick us out of the place. Would you allow us, please, to move and enter the swine? Jesus said, I know what you have to write. Permission granted. Then the demons fled all the way, entered, I mean, these pigs, many of them. And immediately they entered them. They drove all of them into the sea. And the pigs lost their lives. So what would these demons have done to this guy? They would have killed him. That's why they brought him all the way to the very edge of the sea. That's why they brought him to the tomb. They would have killed him. Problems of such caliber, mountains of problems, they become life-threatening sometimes to us. They may be meant for our death. And here, by death, I mean an irrecoverable end. Sometimes these problems may seem permanent. 
Nobody can do anything about that and they keep lingering. This is the first time of problem that much of the five came up with. I want us to move to the second story and I would want you to watch this. If you have the link there, please would you uh, as we go to the second story, the woman with the issue of blood. If you are there with me, uh, you can just play it. He's my savior, healer, sanctifier. I know he's wonderful. He's my savior, healer, sanctifier. Oh, I know he's wonderful. I know he is wonderful. I know he is wonderful. Hallelujah, he is my Savior. He is sanctified. I know he is my Savior, healer, sanctifier. Oh, I know it's wonderful. Very soon they are going to play that short video, but, but this, I mean, this man's case is actually from verse 24 to 34. And Jesus went with him and mad people followed him. And they thronged him actually. And the Bible said a certain woman. It could be anybody. When you are reading the Bible and you see a certain man, a certain woman, somebody. It means it can happen to anybody. The Bible said, and a certain woman which had an issue. She had a problem. And it was an issue of blood. Continued flow of blood. The Bible said for 12 years. And the Bible said that she had actually suffered many things in the hands of physicians. What does it mean? To have suffered many things in the hands of physicians. Hey, they have given you this diagnosis with this prescription. It didn't work. The next one is, no, try this. The next one, try this. And different procedures. I mean, many things had gone on. She was actually tired. From Dr. A to Dr. B to Dr. C and different processes and procedures. The Bible said so. But you see, the Bible didn't end there. It didn't end there. The Bible said that she had spent all she had. I mean, in much of the five, there's what is called a tension. When a case is stretched to the extreme to show, I mean, the depth of the problem. And then we come to the other side to see what Jesus does. We see this tension, the very extreme case of the tension being developed. The Bible says she has spent all she had, but nothing better resulted. And the Bible continues to say to the effect that his situation 
was rather growing worse. Maybe the procedures themselves were leaving some serious repercussions for her. She would try this and she would end up with another problem. She would, the Bible said her situation rather grew worse. I don't know what it means. Whether she was even flowing the more or she now developed some complications. I'm not too sure about that. But you know, this lady also represents another cohort of problems. These kinds of problems, I mean, can happen to anyone just as I said. They often are very personal and you can't tell people about them. They look private. They look personal. In many cases, you want to handle them on your own, yet they keep lingering. They attack your confidence and they, they steal your joy. Before you realize it has isolated you and you are no longer the one we know to drag you away. Some of, I mean, problems like, like that stay for so long sometimes with people. And people normally fight it alone. At the beginning, people are with you and all that. Later, people get to know that this may stay. And they leave it with you sometimes and you fight it every day. When is the Lord showing up? When is my miracle coming? Where is my Jesus? And they, you know, sometimes they defy every effort to bring them under control. The physicians had tried their best, yet it wasn't amounting to anything. This afternoon or this morning, what kind of challenge do you find yourself in? Are you in a kind of challenge that everybody knows about? You are disgraced. You think you are disgraced? Is there an issue that is eating you up? which you can't talk to anybody about, but yet it's killing you. Because of our time, the next development we see is a beautiful encounter. Please, let's move on with the slide. In the video, it's a challenge. Let's move on. The Bible said that Jesus, after having, I mean, delivered, or after having set free, this man was demon-possessed, and having crossed over, this is the situation that greeted him. A leader in the church had a daughter who was so sick, the man could actually predict that my daughter may die. And so immediately, he does something about it. Goes to look for Jesus. They tell him, Jesus has crossed the other side, and he waits. Immediately, Jesus set his feet on the ground from the boat. He went to him, and something similar happened. He also begged, I mean, he knelt before Jesus. Bible said that he worshipped Jesus. And said, Sir, I need you. My daughter is dying. Would you come and lay your hand on her? Would you pray for her? Jesus said, I will. But you know what? Immediately Jesus set out. Immediately Jesus set out, I mean, wanting to... Uh, immediately Jesus set out wanting to go with this man so that you pray for the daughter. Then we had... I mean, the woman with the issue of blood, cutting the flow. And so, the technical team tells me that that video is ready to cut the flow now. If you are there, let's go into the flow. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. Do 
Jesus, Jesus. I beg you to save my only daughter. Sir, have mercy. She's only 12 years old and, and dying. Please, please, come with me. If I can only touch his robe. I will be healed. Jairus, I'm sorry. Leave him alone, Jairus. Jesus! Your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher any longer. Don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be well. Only believe and she will be well. Who touched me? Someone touched me. For I knew it when power went out of me. for 12 years with bleeding. Uh, I spent all I had on doctors who could do nothing. But when my fingers touched your rope, uh, I was healed. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go in peace. Thank you. Love the Jesus of Mark chapter 5. Praise the Lord. He is the one that looks for you and tells you, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Praise the Lord. So, as I said, this woman cut in, and I see clearly a swap of the anointing or of the package that Jesus had for, for Jairus' daughter. Taken by this woman. In fact, if you, if you study this, especially in Mark, as I present to you, you see clearly that Jesus was loaded. Jesus had this daughter on his mind all the way. And then this one cuts in, touches the hem of his garment by faith, and then receives the healing. If you read from the biblical account, it looks like immediately it happened so, the people arrived and said that, no, why, why worry him again? Don't worry, he's dead. If you bring in other passages from the other books, I mean the Gospels, the Bible actually says that when Jesus went there and verified or found out, they realized that it was the same hour that this woman was healed, that the guy died, that, sorry, the young lady died. But back to this young lady, she was 
a very beautiful lady, meant a lot. Maybe the parents of the Bible say were church leaders. And this is a daughter they love so much. Already people had gathered. They said she, I mean, we lost her and we're ready. And they knew that she was dead. The man had gone hoping to, I mean, get Jesus to come and prevent that. But it had happened. And the whole place had gathered and jammed up. And they were ready. And when the message gets to this man, Jesus immediately looks at him and says that, Don't be afraid. Only believe. Praise the Lord. Don't be afraid. Only believe. You know, sometimes some news come to us. And it may shake us. But Jesus tells us, Don't be afraid. Only believe. The Jesus of Mark chapter 5 tells you, that do not be afraid, brother. Only believe. Hallelujah. Our Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The lady died. And that was the end of it all. She died. And when Jesus went on the scene, the Bible said they pushed all the way through and then went to the inner room with the parents and with his inner circle of apostles and then straight away called the lady, Talita, come in. Come back to life. And the Bible says she came back to life. Hallelujah. But what type of problem is this? It's a problem that threatens your future. You know, this type of problem threatens your future, your very survival, and the basis of, of your joy for life. When you are going through this type of problem, it's like, I mean, your tomorrow is gone. It makes you feel that all your toil and all your suffering, I mean, all you suffered for is gone. It looks like morning will never come. It defies all your effort, all your degrees, everything you have struggled for in this life. It brings itself, I mean, out of your control. And the terrible thing about this kind of problem is that it seems to miss opportunities. Whenever it's a divine time, something else comes up. And then it's like it's not for you. Something else comes up. Friends, Jesus said that in this world you have many troubles. And troubles come in their various forms. What I've tried to do is to use Mark chapter 5 to let us see some of the dynamics of the problems that we go through. Each of them is heavy enough and they're able to shake us. They are able to sometimes, uh, I mean, shake us. But you know what? The Jesus of the Mark chapter 5 that I preach, I love him. I study the scripture critically. And in each of these cases, for instance, verse 6. Please, let's move there. Verse 6. In the, in the, in the story of the man, the demoniac. Verse 6 says, But when he saw Jesus, in that story, the flow of problems and days, and the man had done that and had gone out of control and blind, he had gone bankers, and all that and all that and all the array of problems. Then we get to verses, the Bible said, as the problems continue to flow, a certain man got into the story. And the Bible said, but when he saw Jesus, I love the word but there, he ran and worshipped him. And then he bowed. When you come to verse 27, about the story of the woman of the issue of blood, verse 27, the Bible says, but when, he, when she, she heard of Jesus, 
And then in the NLT, as you read verse 29, somewhere at the tail end, he said, immediately her bleeding stopped. But when she heard of Jesus, and when she encountered Jesus, her bleeding really stopped. Verse 36, but as soon as Jesus heard that the word had been spoken to the man, he said, do not be afraid, only believe. Jesus is the bat that cuts the flow of challenges that bring us down. Listen, for Jesus to have said in this world you have many troubles, and he said this to his apostles, and by extension to all of us, it means that Christians are not exempted from the troubles of life. We go through it. But the difference is that Jesus is with us. Hallelujah. I came to present the Jesus that brings the path to the flow of all the challenges. And I don't know who I'm speaking to. The Lord sent me here to tell you that when they continue in their complexity and in their flow, and they meet Jesus, there's a turn around. I want you to know that problems may have their own complications. They may defy everything, but not Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus crossed over intentionally for this guy. I want you to know that this guy was there. The problem takes so many days, but the answer takes a minute of a second. Oh, hallelujah. Had a minute of a second or a second of a minute, one of them. But the thing is that problems always look as so big like Goliath. But the answers that God presents are always as small as David. Praise the Lord. And the prayer that we are going to pray is a short one. I want us to come before the presence of the Lord to meet the Jesus of Mark chapter 5. Praise the Lord. The last thing I'm saying is that as I looked at all this, there were some triggers. In the case of the man possessed by demons, the triggers were the compassion of God. The mercies of God. That guy could have done nothing to help himself. But God remembered him. And so Jesus crossed over intentionally for this guy. When he wanted to go with Jesus, Jesus said, no, don't worry. Go and tell everyone the kind of great things God has done for you. And the kind of compassion he has shown you. You know, I pray that the Lord will show us compassion. I pray that wherever you are today, may God find you. The stories are bound in the Bible. In the case of Zacchaeus, Jesus came. Zacchaeus and Jericho in the life of Jesus in the New Testament. Every day we read about Jesus in Jericho. It's like quickly passing through. Jericho itself is a cursed town from the Old Testament all the way. But Jesus' few days of ministry on earth, he would just about two, three, four times, as we read about, pass through Jericho. And whenever we read, he said he entered into Jericho and was leaving. God was presenting an opportunity for mercy and compassion in a cursed land. Praise the Lord. One day we read about the blind man, Bartimaeus, blind in a cursed city. He heard about Jesus. And the story, as you read it, is that when Jesus was just about exiting, Zacchaeus, I mean, what is his name? Blind Bartimaeus said, who is that? They said, it's Jesus. Then he started shouting, Jesus, son of David. As to why he called him son of David, I don't know. But maybe, when he called him son of David, he was appealing to the humanity of Jesus. 
He was saying that, you know, you are human like us. You know, we get weak in the body. You know, we get troubles. You know, you know issues come up. Just don't leave me. You, can, you feel, according to Hebrews chapter 4, 14, 16. So he was drawing on that maybe, maybe when he called him son of David, he was saying that you are my king. And if nobody will li- I mean, respond to me, nobody will listen to me, they will all cast me out. I have a belonging in my king. Do you know that everybody has a belonging in the president? He said, my king, don't leave me. Some way, somehow. Jesus said, who is that? What did I hear? They said, is it not the poor, stinking, blind man, cripple, whatever? It is calling on you. He said, bring him to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the show of the compassion of God. So sometimes troubles can trouble you. They can let you drop your faith somewhere. They will let you have issues with God. They will let you have issues with your family, issues with everything. I know somebody, his master's degree is taking all the time. He has just banged it, I mean, thrown it somewhere. Troubles come with effect. And if there's anybody who's hitting a dead end, may the Jesus of Mark chapter 5 find you. May God bring you mercy and compassion. May the situation turn around. May everything that has gone out of your control, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may it be stored by the power of the Holy Ghost, and may it be placed on reverse order, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Then may the mercies and the compassion of God be triggered in your favor. Bible said, and the Lord remembered Hannah. May the Lord remember you today. Oh, hallelujah. When we come to the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said, daughter, I was looking for you not to charge you. you. You look strange. Daughter, you look strange. There are many of them following me. You see, when I just came from the canoe, many of them. But you look strange. Daughter, you got it by your face. You still kept holding on for 12 years. It was getting worse and worse. But you held on. I see this strange faith in you. Go! It is your faith. The faith I see in you, which has made you whole. So, you see, our faith can bring us out of issues. Our faith. And I think the one leading the worship or pastor is, then pastor when he was, he was talking about faith and all that, and the, and the, sorry, the word of prophecy. As he was talking about leader, to leadership on what to do, he was saying that, hold on by faith. I want to encourage somebody holding on by faith. Your God will remember you. You know what? It is not in God's nature. It is not, not part of God. God can't turn himself to be unfaithful. It, 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 is, it, can't, it can't be. It's impossible. Can't. Impossible and can't be. So by all means, God is faithful. And he will always come back to those who keep holding on to it. That is it. That is it. So hold on. Hold on. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Your Jesus will remember you. And there will be a cut to whatever flow that is happening in your life. Praise God. And I want to also assure you, I want you to know, I mean, in the case of Jairus' daughter, it took others. The lady was sick. The father said, no, we've got to go and look for Jesus. No, we've got to go and arrange a prayer meeting for him. No, we will not give up on her. You know, your faith can heal others. And that is why church is better than no church. 
When we come together and we lift the prayer, we are combining our faith and it's working. Today, may Jesus appear in your life. Shall we be on our feet? Shall we be on our feet? We'll pray just for a short time. I want uh, some mommy to join me. Pastor, if you can also come, please join some mommy, uh, Jemima, to join us. Let's have the microphone. Just about five minutes. Raise up your hand wherever you are. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we open up this atmosphere to you. May Jesus move in our midst. May Jesus move in our midst. May Jesus move in our midst. In the name that is above all names. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.